Welcome to the Greater Than Ball podcast, where we help parents like you mentor and grow your child's skills in competitive sports. We believe that a growth mindset is essential for success in any field, and we offer tips and advice on how to instill this mindset in your child. This week we discuss what your role should be in your child's journey through competitive sports. And that's when I realized that my role shouldn't be that working parent on the side of but the mentor and coach that will enable him to be that better. Welcome to the Greater Than Ball podcast, and we're here on our very first inaugural um, podcast of ever. <laughs> and I have a couple guests uh, on Zoom where we're going to discuss a certain topic. We like to bring different topics to the table every week around raising your child in competitive sports. And I think one of the things I've realized, I'm a year into this, and I've realized that there's so much to it. There's navigating the different types of programs, coaches, finding the right motivation for your child. Am I harming them in the process while I'm trying to teach them? Yeah, there's so many questions to it. I realize there are not enough resources on the web or books that help parents through this process, which is the idea for Greater Than Ball and this podcast where we bring different perspectives, different viewpoints together, and we just talk about the process of helping our child navigate competitive sports. And today we have two guests, very good friends um, and family member. My first guest, is, her name is Blenda. Blenda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little background about your child and what type of sports they play and uh, what brings you to uh, the show today? All right. Um, hi, I'm Blenda. And my oldest son, Tyler, he's a freshman in high school. He's been playing basketball since he was in fourth grade. And so we are very immersed in the, in the world of AAU and competitive basketball. It's taken over our lives and it's become much bigger than I thought when we first stepped in. So I think, Gingas, you and I had kind of connected over that. You are just beginning your journey and I'm a few years in, but it has become something much bigger uh, than we thought it was when we first stepped into it. So yeah, so I am just, uh, I really am a mom that, you know, really wants to help her son succeed. And, you know, I'm utilizing my background in people management and, you know, all the things I've learned in my corporate management world about EIQ and growth mindset and applying that to you know, my son's journey. I mean, and it's not just for my oldest son, my youngest son doesn't play sports, but again, this is just all part of the parenting, right? Of helping them to grow and blossom and be and reach their full potential or try to get close to their full potential. Absolutely, I agree. You know, I think that's what drew me to asking you what that process is like in the first place, your perspective, the experience you have, how long you've been in it. And so I think all of that, is useful in kind of helping me navigate this personal experience with my child. Our second guest today is my cousin. His name is uh, Nathaniel Arnaldo. Nat, welcome to the show. King, thanks for th thanks for having me. You know, I'm actually have gone through this whole process. Uh, my kids are now finally done with competitive sports. 
Uh, my eldest played uh, Pop Warner football, flag football, and then he played in high school. So I know what it's like to try and, and navigate that whole world of competitive sports. Uh, my middle son, Maxwell, he plays, well, he doesn't play sports anymore, but he did baseball. And I almost got hooked into the whole world of travel ball and, um, you know, all that stuff. So I know that it can be a bit confusing for parents out there. Uh, and then my daughter, uh, she's an athlete in her own right, but she's a dancer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, high school curriculum calls them artists. I call them artists and athletes. So that's so, that's um, so true. So true. I um, agree. My my daughter is a sophomore going into junior year next year, and then my son Maxwell he'll be uh, a senior next year, and then my eldest Marley he is twenty. He's going to be twenty two next week. So the reason why I'm on here, you know, I, I think the timing, you know, just having the conversation with Gingus, um, and then actually seeing family uh, last week weekend and seeing them all play and be competitive and actually see one of them get upset just from playing pickup basketball with their cousins. And then finding out that one of my other nephews is dealing with a lot of pressure and, and he's eight years old, nine years old playing, playing baseball uh, and feeling a lot of pressure. So I think your podcast is timely. So I'm, I'm super happy to be here and contribute whatever I can contribute. And just provide value to people. At the end of the day, that's that's all I'm here to do. So really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And I think this is a common concern I see. So just to set context and set set the problem statement for everyone who's listening to this podcast. Growing up, when I was a child, basketball or sports was a recreational activity. It was pick a ball in the park, take my bike, head to the park, play a pickup game. And just play kids in the park. Or maybe it was the league that I was in was uh, CYO, which was a school rec league. And there, that's where I really learned how to play basketball. But there were no pay-to-play leagues like AU or rec leagues where you pay to play competitive basketball. And in the past 10, 15 years, that's grown into you know this billion-dollar business where parents are pouring in money for trainers, for uh, memberships, for the ability to play on a competitive level, pushing the actual sport into a new realm that places kids under extreme pressure, maybe not prepared for that type of competition, or, or even the parents are not, are, are not prepared for navigating that type of environment, right? About a month ago, we had my son and I traveled to Phoenix for a basketball tournament. And at this basketball tournament, it was a mega complex. I forget the name of the complex, but it's the only one. It's about 20 miles, 20 miles away from Phoenix. When you get to this place, it's a massive, massive complex that has gymnastics, volleyball, baseball, soccer, pickleball, tennis, all at one facility. And the purpose of this facility was to host all the travel parents from across the United States to uh, compete, have their children compete on those competitive teams. And there was no other food there. There was one mega mall, which had their own restaurants. 
And I walked out into this complex realizing this is just a money grab. This is crazy. I'm paying $50 to watch my son play for the weekend. I pay another $15 to $20 for parking. I have to buy airline tickets to get there, transportation, rental car, everything involved in getting this weekend uh, available for my child to play in competitive games. And for that weekend, we had four games. So in total, probably a thousand bucks to watch four games where wow. watching my son play against other 11 year olds. Wow. And in did, my- did they, did they also have the hundred dollar souvenir hoodies that you had to buy your child too? Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Luckily, he did not want them. <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Like that entire weekend was spent for four games and the competition was competition that could have played locally in the Bay Area, right? So in, in, the, in, that, in that moment, I realized this can't be what my son is going to learn from, right? What is my expectation of him to grow and learn about the competitive sport of basketball? But at the same time, what is he going to walk away with by the end of this weekend? And that's when it switched. That's when I realized something needs to be different about how I'm raising my son in competitive sports. Right? He's not going to remember the score of this game. He's not going to remember which game they won or lost. He's not going to remember the number of fouls he has. He's not going to remember any of those moments, right? Where he'll play, you know, maybe a thousand games if I'm lucky through the rest of his life, right? What will matter is how is he going to walk away from that foul that knocked him on his ass? when he got mad and he was angry, how will he learn from that incident where he was able to score that tying um, basket in the third quarter, right? How is he going to manage his expectations when he doesn't do something that his coach might want him to do? And as a parent, I, I realized I have to think of this differently for my child so I can help him navigate that experience. And so in today's talk, we're going to talk about what it means to be a parent versus a mentor versus a coach and what type of roles you see yourself sitting in when you're guiding your child through uh, competitive sports. I really want your perspective to see the types of roles or maybe there's one, for instance, that, that you see yourself as when you're uh, at a game or when you're helping them through the season. Um, you want to take a stab at it, Ned? Uh, sure. So I was blessed enough to coach uh, in Pop Warner with my eldest boy. Um, and then I was also able to coach Maxwell, our, our middle boy in baseball, all the way from T-ball all the way till when he didn't want to play. Uh, to Genghis's question about, you know, how do you be a dad, coach, mentor? Um, I just think you have a straight up conversation with your athlete and say, okay, I am your, I'm your dad or I'm your mom first. Yes, uh, I will always love you regardless of what happens, whether you make five strikeouts or whether you make one hit, it, it doesn't matter. But I am also your coach. And I think it's coach and mentor. I, I, it's really hard to separate uh, the two. I think as a coach, you are a mentor to these kids. Uh, the parents that get, you know, that drop their kids off 
they're expecting you to treat them like one of your own. So I, I think to try and separate coach and mentor, I think it should be the same uh, because we are mentors to these, to these young athletes. Um, and then as a parent, you just, I've always just told my, my, my sons, I just say, Hey, um, I am your dad, but when we step out on the diamond field or when we step out on the football field or when we step out onto the basketball court, I'm coach. I'm going to treat you the same as I would, uh, you know, the, the athletes that are out here, just so that they're clear and they understand um, that I'm not going to show any favoritism, right? And that's really hard. That's really hard. But at the same time, you want to make sure that all the players know that they're getting a fair share. You're not playing favoritisms because they can see, they can, they can tell, they know, they know. So um, I think a lot of times too, if as long as you're clear um, and you set, you know, the expectation right off the bat, it's, it works out fine. So yeah. uh, that, that, that's my take on, on wearing the different hats. Uh, again, I just think coaching and mentorship, they should go hand in hand because at the end of the day, you're going to run into these players and they're going to call you coach. Or they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I had this moment with my coach and he taught me this. And, and, and that's what we want, right? We want, we want these kids to feel like they're learning something, not only on the, the field, you know, play the competition, but like, how's life? How's school? How are your grades? Uh, you have a girlfriend, you have a boyfriend, you know, how, how's that going? How are you feeling? How's everything going? Right? So that's that duality that you have to, I think, have uh, to be an effective coach slash mentor. That's just my brief take on it. Okay. Blenda, do you have any ideas or do you agree or disagree with that? I, I don't, uh, definitely no, do, not a agree or disagree type of thing. I, I think it's, honestly, this is really so individual, right? And I think a lot of what we're going to talk about or um, it really is a, it depends thing, right? Because every kid is different. And so you know, same here, like I was, I was never a coach and I'll be honest, I played eighth grade basketball, sucked at it, don't even really know all the rules. So, you know, my approach is I clearly was never a coach. I was more a team mom, if anything, in any kind of in a team parent for his freshman team. So any participation I had was kind of limited to that. But for me, it's, it's very fluid. I know that's uh, I know it's kind of a non-answer, but it is but it is the truth. You know, I am many things on many different days, and it really depends on what the situation is and what I feel he needs. Hmm. You know, um, and, and so it's to me, it's just being a mom. So one day I might be just mom, and I always refer to myself just as his biggest fan, and that's how we talk about it. You know, it's this: who's your biggest fan? And you know, he'll automatically say, "Mom is my biggest fan." Um, so I kind of just view myself as, you know, his parent, his biggest fan, his biggest cheerleader. Um, but at the same time, I'm pretty tough on him. You know, I'm, I am also the one that tells him the truth. I'm the one, I am also probably his biggest critic. Um, and it's all in an effort because to make him better. Right. And, and, you know, Asian upbringing, that's also part of our DNA <laughs> is, you know, being brutally honest with our children, um, and really drilling in the whole humility aspect of it right is is just making sure that they're grounded and and um humble and and all that so yeah i i don't i wear different hats it just really depends on the situation some some days i'm sports psychologist other days i'm just mom other days i'm just a cheerleader sometimes i'm even the heckler in the stands <laughs> 
So it depends on the situation. I know that's kind of a non-answer, but I feel like it's, you know, as a parent, you know, I mean, no one day is the same and no one situation is the same. You kind of switch your hats depending on what you feel the situation calls for. That's a good point. Um, And I think being fluid and being able to switch your hats is key. I think the reason why I came up with this idea of separating between coaching and parenting and mentoring, there was a moment about six months ago where I was just fresh into to really becoming kind of navigating this experience for Riz. We were at a basketball game uh, with uh, one of his first AAU teams. And at that game, they were down by six or seven. And I was one of the first parents to say, go back to the basket or shoot the ball or do this, do that. And I'm screaming and yelling, barking orders from the sideline, like every other parent who's watching their kids play competitive sports. And then the coach is doing the same thing on the opposite end of the court, yelling and barking at him. And he's looking around confused, right? Yeah. I'm saying the same thing the coach is saying, but he's hearing it from one side and the other side. And then he's hearing the other parents bark at him in regards to, you know, you're fouling, you're hacking. And all of this, I realized at halftime was in his game. He was in his head. He was not thinking about having fun anymore. He was not thinking about the game. He wasn't learning what he needed to do. He wasn't in the moment. He was listening to noise all around him. And as soon as I saw that, I realized I got to be different. I need to be someone different for him in order for him to excel. At the end of the game, I kind of just shut down the second half. At the end of the game, I didn't go up to him. I didn't ask him or tell him what to do like I was doing all the games before. That's when I realized I needed to be a parent and listen to what he had to say to me. So I waited for him to come to me. I didn't ask him about the game. I waited for him to tell me what was on his mind rather than bark orders of why did you do this? Why did you do that? You should have done this. You should have done that. I decided to be a parent in that moment. Ask him, hey, how are you doing? Hey, what are you feeling? What it is, what what do you feel from this game, right? And once I opened it in that direction, he kind of just let the floodgates up and said, Dad, I can't handle this pressure. He really let me know. No, there's just so much. How do you... Focus on the game because everyone's yelling at me. <clears throat> That's when I knew I needed to switch my perspective and my role. And rather than be that person who's on the sideline yelling and screaming, I have to be that parent that makes sure that he's okay, that I'm in a place where I'm navigating the experiences around him in a way that unblocks him and makes him play the better game that he, he's capable of playing. Right. Maybe three days later, I had a conversation with him on our way to practice. I said, Riz, I'm sorry for yelling at you at the game. Wow. I know that I get caught up in wanting you to succeed, but I don't think that's the right approach. And here's the deal. I want to be your mentor. I want to be able to help you through this. I want to be your partner through this experience. Rather than me telling you what to do, Um, I want to be a partner with you 
to understand what you're feeling, what's blocking you, and what I could do to help you succeed. I'm going to push you at times. I'm going to tell you, okay, you need to go outside and run through your repetitions and, and your practice, whatever it is, right? <clears throat> but there'll be other times where I'm not going to tell you what to do, and you're going to have to do learn those mistakes on your own, right? But I want you to come to me and tell me how I can help you. As soon as I establish that role and open that type of relationship with him, not as just a parent or kind of a coach, but more of a mentor and hey, I'm going to be in your corner. I'm going to back you. I'm going to unblock you. I'm going to do all of that for you. I set that, those expectations with him. He started opening up to me in ways I had not seen before. Rather than me teaching him, he was telling me what he needed from whatever he was doing, from practice. Maybe six weeks later, we were still with the, the first AAU team. He came to me after practice and he said, Dad, um, can you show me how to defend in the post? I'm like, uh, what did coach tell you? Oh, he said I should do this and this and this. I'm like, okay, well, what is he showing you? He didn't show me. He just told me what I need to do. So can you show me what to do? That was a flat. That was, um, okay, he's not learning what he needs to learn. Right. from this particular coach he needs to see it he needs to practice it he needs to learn from it <clears throat> and so that's when i started looking for another program and that's when it opened up to me that rizzy was beginning to tell me all the things he wasn't doing or wanted to learn and wanted to grow into and that's when i realized that my role shouldn't be that barking parent on the sideline, but the mentor and coach that um, will enable him to be that better self, be that there better person. There you go. Good self-awareness on your part there, G. Uh, it, took a, it took a while. and <laughs> Because, you know, and I understand your perspective about yelling from the stands and yelling, whatever, right? But um, when we coached baseball, uh, one of my dear friends, our agreement was, we'll just coach the kids all week right? Or the one or two practices that we had. And then when game time comes, just let them play. We don't need to be yelling at them, telling them what to do. Just let them play. Let's see if they actually have learned. Sure. We would say, oh, hey, you know, hey, two outs guys, or we would tell, you know, you could tell who are the leaders of the team and you say, hey, come on, remind your teammates. Um, and, and that way they're free to play, right? Give them all the instruction during the week, come game time, go have fun. This is supposed to be fun. How old are the kids again? They're like eight, nine, ten. They're they're kids, right? And so I, that's why when I hear about the pressure and and the pressure that these kids are putting on themselves, I think it goes back to that concept of how we grew up, right? Like we grew up and played pickup ball. I played football in the green belt. Uh, I, you know, we didn't have any of this super high stress situations, but. Um, I think your take is is spot on. Um, you know, tell your kids because what they want is clarity from us as parents, right? Yeah, they know we're mom or dad, but we want to also help you. We want to be your partner. I love that. I love that. Mm. So good on you for doing that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know how I was able to have that insight to do that. <laughs> I think it came from that side of me that realized, you know, he's going to crack, or he actually told me. 
he couldn't do that. And that's when out of that, out of that moment, that parent came to the forefront where I'm, I value the perspective of my child to make sure he's not hurting through this experience. And I have to do things differently. And I'm glad I listened to that voice. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not the perfect parent yet. I mean, I still find myself biting my tongue or um, motivating him on the sideline when he needs to do something, right? Yeah, I, never, I, I try not to yell at him. <laughs> it's hard. It, it's it is. Hard. It is. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really we hard. We went through something similar with Ty. I mean, here's the thing. Basketball is a very mental, high-pressure sport. Um, just in it. In and of itself, um, doesn't matter what grade you're at, right? It's 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 a game where you have to make split second decisions, and yes, you have to get used to lots of voices. Not just it's in your head; it's outside. It's your coaches yelling things, your your teammates yelling things, your parents yelling things, other parents yelling things. And so, I I understand where Rizzy was um, because Tyler went through something similar. Um, and that's just something that's inherent in the sport of basketball. And one thing that we've always encouraged Tyler is only listen to your coach, only listen to your coach. That's it. You have to tune every other voice out. I mean, your teammates, yes. Like if there's, you know, obviously if you're playing defense, you have to communicate. So there's that, but you know, if you're here, if he's hearing things like pass, shoot, dribble, like all those things, um, you know, he has to tune it out and listen to the coach because ultimately that's that's who should be guiding him. Um, so we I did have her talk with Tyler about, you know, you just you only listen to your coach. You do what you're supposed to be doing, you know, communicate with your teammates and you got to You have to learn to tune everything out else out. And it's it's not just directions, too. It's just all kinds of things like, you know, as Riz gets older, there's gonna be all kinds of smack talking. I mean, you know, there's going to be all kinds of voices telling him that he sucks. Um, it's just part of the game, right? So it's just good that early on he learned to tune the voices out and only listen to the voices that he needs to listen to um, during the game because it is a lot. It's, it's a lot coming at him. You know, he's got the ball in his hands. Dudes are running at him and he has to make a decision, you know, pass, dribble, or shoot. Um, in a split second. And so, and there's all these voices coming at him. So we help Tyler by just telling him, you, the only voice you should be listening to is your coach. Doesn't matter if, even if it's mom or dad saying, shoot, um, you're, you're going to do what your coach is going to tell you to do. Cause honestly, like, we don't know, like, I don't know what the play is. Sometimes I'm just talking nonsense. Like I've never really played the sport at this level. So I, you know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. And so, you know, we've, we've told him like, you got to listen to your coach. Don't listen to us. Um, we also had to work on him not looking at us. Too. Mm. I, I joked about um, wearing sunglasses to games um, because somehow my face is a distraction. I don't even have to say anything. My face is a distraction. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he'll read my expression and that'll change his mood. You oh, know, wow. so yeah, wow. so it's like that. So I joke about, I, should I just wear hat and sunglasses to games? But yeah, it is, it is a, it's something that, especially when they're young, it's something that you got to train them out of, you know, I've had many coaches say, oh, Tyler did, you know, Tyler, this, 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 he's great, but he's got to stop looking at you guys. I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I'm not telling him to look at him. I can't help it. 
I tell them not to look at us, but you know, kids, right? They want their parents' approval. When they make a shot, they want to know that you're, you're, you saw it, right? Absolutely. And that you're approving. Yeah. But, you know, you're like, stop looking at me. Get back on defense. Like, <laughs> the game is still going. So, yeah. No, but you're, you're right, though, in that, you know, you kind of having the self-realization to take a step back and realize that maybe you were part of the distraction. Yeah. Um, so here's a question. Do you need to switch those roles as they progress into, say, more competition, right? Right now, I can deal as a mentor because he's still learning the game, he's still growing, he's building that EQ so that he can deal with the noise. But say I get to high school level ball or that level of competition where players are faster, players are stronger, um, and he's kind of developed does my role need to switch into more of a coach or into something else than what I ha- I'm at at this stage uh, today? That's a great question. And I think Blenda kind of touched on it earlier. It's a flow, right? You, you'll just know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't like a hard, like, okay, now I'm going to be this. You, you, you'll just know. And, and I think as they get into those higher levels, you're, they're, they're going to need their coach. And then they're going to need their dad and their mentor because we are their mentors as well. Mm -hmm. We're dad and mentors. That's, that's our jobs. See, that's a really good point. Thank you. To your point, Gingis, like we don't, we were never, we were never playing at this level at our age, you know, at their age, like, you know, it was never this competitive. So, you know, I, you know, for many reasons, I would never view myself as a coach just because I would, I've never, I was never that good. I have nothing to offer him as a coach. Hmm. Um, but you know, as far as like my role, I rebound the ball for him. I'm, I go out to the gym with him all the time. And all I do is rebound the ball and feed him the ball while he gets his shots up. I don't try to talk about his form because I know nothing about his form, but I'm just feeding him the ball. You know, um, when he was younger and we were trying to get him used to contact, you know, I took, you know, I took body pills and I would beat him with it as he's driving, as he's driving the ball down. So he would get used to contact. Yeah. So I think, you know, you're saying like, you know, when they start to develop and they start to have other needs, like, you know, what would your role be? You can be a facilitator. Um, I I just, unless you played at that level or you have that level of knowledge would stay away from trying to coach. I would say now that Tyler's in high school, um, he has to be around other coach, you know, other coaches or trainers that have played like D1 college ball, because there, there's no way, there's nothing that me or my husband can offer him, honestly, you know, that that's gonna, he's, he's, he's in a whole other area that we've never been before. And we wouldn't even try, we wouldn't even try, but, we, but instead, you know, I view my role as I'm going to facilitate, I will do what I can. So, you know, if the, if part of his regimen is to get this many shots up, then I'm, you know, I'm the mom out on the court, um, as much as it embarrasses him, because he's the only one with the mom out on the court rebounding balls. But I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you get so many more shots up there now, right? with me yeah. doing this. But I know it's so embarrassing because I'm like literally the only mom. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'll do. I'll go rebound the ball or I'll drive him to the hill where he has to do his hill training. So, I mean, I think 
you will evolve your role and you'll start to see his needs and you will figure out how you can contribute. Um, and it doesn't have to be his coach. Um, yeah, you can facilitate you in other ways. Some really good points and um, spot on, spot on. Yeah. I appreciate the perspectives that you guys bring. Um, and I was thinking that you have switch hats, but I really like the idea that it is a constant flow. You're never one hat for a period of time that you have to adjust to your child's needs. And that's what you do as a parent. And I agree. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, and I think, you know, we may not be the D1 professionals or collegiate uh, or professional athletes or, or coaches um, that they need, but I definitely think they need this type of support to get them to that level. There you go. So I do appreciate what you guys do and what you guys experienced, um, because I think this is valuable information for anyone who might be thinking of raising their child in, you know, that type of environment. So appreciate the time. I appreciate uh, the perspectives. And we got lots to cover in up, upcoming uh, podcasts. Everything from uh, what do you feed your kid before a game to <laughs> When is there too much time to practice? When do they have time for other activities? Like, you know, I, I have so many questions and I'm sure that a lot of the people in the audience might have questions too. So we'll cover those topics uh, week by week for as long as we need to. <laughs> so uh, thank you for tonight's discussion. Really appreciate it, Blenda. Really appreciate it, Nat. And um, looking forward to talking to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Greater Than Ball podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, keep on balling.